highlights. I know we've got a lot of topics to cover, but you know it's been a couple weeks of of events, and I, I know it's a little bit outdated, but I do want to talk about uh, Roe versus Wade. And I, you know, I've spent an awful lot of time talking about this. I go back and forth, uh, Roe or Wade, on this, and uh, you know, relative to being in a lazy river, uh, if you're if you're getting in a lazy river. Are you going to want to like get on a little paddle boat and maybe row around in it? Or do you just want to maybe just wade around and let the lazy river take you wherever it takes you? I'm more of a, a wade person myself. I, I like just getting in there, sort of, I'll walk a little bit, but I'll let the river take me as it likes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a kind of a big dude. So like, I like to, I like to use the water to my advantage and, uh, and lighten myself up, you know, and it cools off. It's refreshing and it's less work than having to row. Crispy. Have you, have you been here the whole time? Yes, guys. I've literally been in every single zoom. What did you, what did you think? Have y'all not noticed me here? You just haven't called on me. I, I did notice that, but yeah, I've been here the whole time. Huh? Hmm. How do what the hell? Yeah, man. Uh, well, Trey, well, welcome to Midweek Ranches. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I, finally getting to me. I have so many topics. Uh, I'm to not welcoming about. you. I'm welcoming everybody else because evidently you've been here the whole time. Yeah, well, absolutely. I just, I, you know, to reiterate. Um, but uh, yeah, you guys ready to start the episode? Let's do it. All right. Welcome once again to Midweek Menches. I am your host, Christy Yamaguchi Main, aka Will. Uh, tonight we've got Schweitz up in Canada, and we got the Honorable Mayor down in Georgia. How y'all doing tonight? Doing great. All Outstanding. Right. Braves are still on a heater. Excellent, excellent. What's the heater? You mean like on a like a winning streak or like tonight specifically? Just the heater? playing, just playing good baseball. Playing not good winning. Baseball. The winning streak is over with, but they're okay. still playing really good baseball. Only two and a half behind the New York Mets. Excellent. The Mets. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, the Mets who are up ten and a half games on May 29th. Holy cow! Yeah. Uh, so it, the Mets are in first place. Yes. Wow. Okay. You yeah, can your tell. buddy Josh is probably really happy right now. Oh yeah, Josh is. Uh, Josh is wearing his um, fashionable uh, sports memorabilia clothing uh, with pride right now, for sure. All right, Mayor. I know you've got a ton of topics uh, from the past two weeks, so if you would like to rattle us off rapid fire, let's uh, let's get through this list. Well, I want to I want to start off with a couple things from different podcasts. I don't know if you know this or not. I'm proud to say. After we had Chris Long on some time ago, I'm the official mayor of the Greenlight Podcast. Oh wow! And yes, I've got other duties outside of just the Levitard Universe. But true, true. I, so if you don't listen to Chris Long and, and Greenlight, it's it's phenomenal and it's fun. But they brought up a topic, him and Cowboy Reed, and they referred to something a term I had never heard before. And you know, I don't usually go low brow, but I'm going to go a little bit here. <laughs> the term is aqua dump. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's that's what the romans built uh back in the like around you know uh jesus times right i think you're thinking about aqueduct this oh, is that's that's oh, the racetrack this okay. is aqua dump which as they said is, is either pooping in the ocean or the lake and i know that <laughs> i know that you're a boating person and i am, uh, I am you live indeed. near bodies of water i do multiple i can tell you i've never of course i'm like any other human being if you've been in water like that you know you if you've got to relieve yourself that's that's one thing sure sure that's that's a number one thing yes the number but one the thing. number two thing i can tell you with all honesty there's no way in the world i've ever 
had to, needed to, wanted to, or participated in what I, this term that I've learned, the aqua dump. But I didn't know if I was in the minority on that or the majority of it. That's just a way of life for some of you boating people. Um, usually dumping is not a thing. It's kind of like the rule when you're a band on the tour bus. Nobody usually poops off the boat. Um, obviously everybody pees off the front of the boat, the back of the boat, sometimes inside the boat, depends on how much you've been drinking. Um, obviously jump in the water, cool off, take a whiz, all that stuff. But, um, I've only, I can only remember like having to poop so bad out on a boat day one time that I tried it and I could not bring myself to do it while sitting in the water, right? Yes. While sitting in the water. Yeah. And, and it's because the water, like even, even on a hot day, the water will be very cold and that tends to tighten things up down there. Um, uh, on the podcast with two, yeah, two other, two other men. Um, you know what it's like to be in the pool for a while and things are not as, uh, loud and proud as they sometimes are. So that extends to the, uh, rear end as well. And I, I don't couldn't even need the pool. <laughs> Uh, that's all natural for Schweitz. Uh, like I couldn't, I couldn't actually relax myself enough to accomplish an aqua dump. Um, now when I was little, I did take an aqua dump in my aunt and uncle's swimming pool when I was a little kid, um, like 13, just kidding. Like I was like five or six, uh, maybe probably even younger than that. <laughs> I was not pooping in my aunt and uncle's pool at the age of 13. Um, but yeah, I do remember that. And I do remember the horrified look on my aunt's face when like there was just like turds floating in her, in her swimming pool. Um, so yeah, that's my only experience with the aqua dump. What about y'all? Uh, so Matt, I have, my first question is on the green light podcast, what was the, uh, context that they brought up aqua dumping? Uh, Chris and Cowboy Reed had had to spend a day on the, uh, on the river, uh, doing tubing and whatever. And they just brought up aqua dump. I don't know that anybody participated in doing that, but again, it was just a term that I'd never heard before. And again, I apologize. I'm usually the one that refuses to go lowbrow and I've no, just kicked that's... us off with, with a topic, but that was again, the term aqua dump I thought was funny and thought things, have, things have changed a lot since the uh, last time you called on me. Uh, for a question, so <laughs> so I, I, I've evolved or devolved. I don't know. <laughs> evolved. I evolved. <laughs> On the Letter Kenny spinoff show called Shorzy, which came out uh, in the last month or so, there is aqua dumping uh, mentioned regularly as one of the plot points. So uh, I think that's uh, if they've watched that show, that sort of put that in the. So the zeitgeist a little bit. They're stealing content from Shorzy, and we're stealing content from the Greenlight podcast. We're we're paying homage to the content from Greenlight. That, we're giving okay. them full yeah, credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. All right, moving on. Mystery Crate, another part of the Le- Levitard universe. Witty on a couple episodes ago was talking about the five worst vehicles to see at your house. And this one took me especially. And so it was like, you know, if you came home and what, what's in front of your house, what would be bad? He brought up a uh, fire, a news van, SWAT, which I'll come back to, and then Red Cross. Uh, I think number two was Christmas. But I've actually had a SWAT team in front of my house when I came home before. And um, I may get into that in a minute. But the, the two additional ones that I had that 
Again, what would you not want to have in front of your house? Crime scene cleanup. Yeah, I was going to say coroner or crime scene cleanup. Yeah. Coroner's a good coroner would also be acceptable. And then Department of Revenue, because by the time the Department of Revenue has come, they already know that you're guilty of what you're yeah, guilty of. Yeah, and they're not wasting their time. No, 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 no. That's that's it. But I did have a um, – I had a guy who's – boy, I don't even know. Should I talk about this? I had a – guy who was who's now hopefully in federal prison the rest of his life uh, oh, kind of target me uh, for one reason I'm not saying I'm not uh, well anyway my, do- <laughs> my daughter was at home there was somebody that came to the door it freaked her out so I just called my police chief and said hey can you just go by and check on my daughter I think she's getting a little panicky about something right you know with this people that came and knocked on the door well of course I say that I'm, I'm like hey I'm heading home well as I'm heading home, I'm talking to my daughter on the phone saying, hey, look, the door's locked. The alarm's on. You don't even think these guys are still here. It's okay. So I'm at the traffic light to come home. I live, I live in about three miles from the office, so it wasn't a far commute. And I'm sitting at the stoplight. I hear these sirens. And I see two vehicles, I mean, almost on two wheels, turning towards the house. Whoa. You know, going that direction. Yeah. I'm just like, because, you know, the police chief, you know, I may have said, hey, can you go check on her? And I'm sure he received it as... Hey, the mayor's daughter may be in peril. We're going like that's that's some that's some Michael Scott level from the office script yes. writing right there. The mayor's daughter is in peril. <laughs> it's like a Liam Neeson movie. Yeah, exactly. So then I end up when I, by the time I get to the house, there are no less than twelve police cars, sheriff's deputies, everything. They've I, got they got a tank. They have so like a I, tactical. <laughs> I come into the, my house. And I've got police dogs on the back porch. I got a guy standing in the hallway holding a shotgun. Holy shit. And all these people that are just swarm my house. And my first thought is, oh my gosh, this house is filthy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, didn't expect to have company tonight. So I, so I have come home to a SWAT team and anything. Right. Everybody was fine. And like I said, that's um, a squat team. So a, squat, a squat team. Yes, they were was squatting. There, was there anybody... Uh, at, like actually there was there any evidence of of anything weird going on there were i mean they they came to the house and you know who knows they could have been it, it may have been this individual it could have been jehovah's witnesses i don't know okay but okay. whatever it was it unsettled my daughter sure to sure. the point where she felt uncomfortable so i asked the police chief to do me a little favor and ended up with a with a squat team in my uh yeah so in my house so that was uh mayor matt uh had dealings with the russian mob and they uh came to collect on a debt and right. uh yeah he had to call the cavalry took, I took a finger visual <laughs> <laughs> little visual joke yeah, for yeah, visual audio. jokes and an audio medium that works out great doesn't it uh, yep. I, I i have another vehicle go ahead an airplane because if there's an airplane uh, around my house, then then there's a there's been a catastrophe. Yes, gone at Schweitz. Now I've got to tell you another story. Uh oh. So I worked on a loading dock uh, in during my breaks in college and whatnot, and my our shift was from six to two thirty, six p.m. to two thirty a.m. So you would get home, and this was during one of the winter times I was out of school, and this guy, and I it was on a very in one of the worst parts of Atlanta where I had to work with folks and it was, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Um, but there was a guy, you know, you get home and you have to watch the late news and just kind of wind down before you go to bed. Well, this guy says he got home and he'd watched the news and he's saw this small plane crash and he's looking at, he's goes, gosh, that looks familiar. I don't, that's just crazy. Look at that. 
that small plane crash. Well, he gets up the next morning and looks out his back window. It was in his own backyard. Holy crap. <laughs> so he recognized his kid's play furniture. He was just so late <laughs> at night that he didn't even recognize that it was his own yard where this didn't, plane didn't had crashed. Register. Uh, what's the coolest car that you could see in front of your house? Like, is it Bigfoot, the monster truck? Batmobile? Batmobile, the Ghostbuster car? The the, the turtle van from Teenage Mutant Ooh, the Turtles. turtle van would be badass. Um, the DeLorean would be pretty cool. The Shaggin' Wagon from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> the, Shaggin', the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile. I applied to drive that when I was in university. And you didn't get the job? Nope. Damn. They, uh, you, they, they basically, you, you apply to drive it for one year, and uh, I didn't get the job. Damn. I would say that I would want Ed McMahon and the publisher's clearinghouse vehicle in my front yard because you may already be a winner. As we, he's, he's already dead. As we strive so, younger. Yeah, he, he might not smell all that good. Be in a if he had the million dollars, I would take it. Hell yeah, absolutely. I'd put up with that stench. All right, what else you got, Mayor? Oh, I've got... I'm, we're just getting started here. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't know if y'all want to talk about Freddie Freeman. I know Stu Gott spent an awful lot of time on it. I would just say this. Doug Gottlieb is not the most reputable source. Freddie Freeman hasn't said any of the stuff that Doug Gottlieb is... Uh, conveying and the agent Casey close has been an agent for 30 years. And I don't know what's real and what's not. All I can tell you is what Casey close did do was tell Alex Anthopoulos that he had 12 hours to make up his mind as to what he was going to do. And Anthopoulos took that as a threat. And that's why they made the trade for Matt Olson. So whether or not Freddie knew that he had put that ultimatum, according to Alex Anthopoulos upon him, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's one thing. But as David Sampson mentioned on his podcast, for Freddie to not know what that final deal was, as is claimed by Doug, Comp- uh, Doug Gottlieb, as David says, no chance toilet pants. I'm going to trust that everything you just said is accurate because <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. I, d- I know who Freddie Freeman is, okay? Right. Uh, but uh, I, I kind of know the story, but I just let's just roll with that, whatever you well, just said. We'll move along. Do you ever travel with your dog? Like, if you're going to a hotel, you will travel with your dog with you? Depends on the trip. Depends on the trip. If if it's a trip, sometimes we will design the trip around bringing the dog with us. Okay. I don't have a dog, but I have a small child that will poop in the corner. So. <laughs> Is that that's the same thing? It's close. It's close. close. Probably, yeah, it, yeah. He'd probably eat out of a bowl if you left it on the floor, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think the only, I think the primary difference is that you can't really uh, just have somebody come over and fill up a bowl to feed your kid if you decide not to take it with you on a trip. That's, you can count them, though, right? I think that's the, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know, actually. I have not looked into that before. It's a good distinction. Uh, what about you, Mayor? My wife and I just got back from a trip, and we've gone a few different places where they, we're staying in dog-friendly hotels. We are dog owners. Sure. Uh, matter of fact, our dog, Pasta, just turned 17. They referenced 17-year-old oh. dogs on the show today. And, of course, he loves fireworks, and he had a great time chasing and barking and being stressed out over that. But that's – I digress. 
I was in a hotel in Savannah, Georgia at a conference, and I see this lady with a carriage, like a baby carriage, you know, stroller kind of thing. She's trying to get out the door, and I'm like, oh my gosh, so I'm doing the gentlemanly thing, and I'm (laughs) rushing over here to try to open up the door, and then I see that she's brought her little Fifi, and it's in this carrier, and she's trying to go through a door that you have to push to open, and then there's a step down to get out, and I went, you know what? (laughs) She's on her you've, own. You've created this shit. You can you can deal with it because I. <laughs> That's such a funny. Response. I can't. It's. That's I'm sorry. I, I, and again, I'm pro dog. I'm just not necessarily pro dog on a trip. We were in Nashville a couple Christmases ago, and there was a lady sitting at the bar. I mean, you're sitting there eating food, and next to you, there's a lady holding the dog up at table level, and the thing was barking oh, and going no, crazy. No, and it's no, like, no, no, no. come on now. Come on uh, now. That's not, now. Now you've gone too far. Yes. Uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, taking the dog with you on a trip. Like we went to a uh, uh, ski resort back in February uh, and we brought our boxer with us. It was the first time he'd ever traveled with us, but we rented an Airbnb that allowed us to like hey it had a big yard and big area for him to play in and stuff so it was specific you know to like we got that place because it was pet friendly yep and uh with him in mind and he travels great he is he's a fantastic dog um but when you i i'm right there with you when when you treat the dog like a child like a stroller or you have it you're cradling it or like having it on your knee at the table while you're eating. Don't, don't bring it into a restaurant. Don't, uh, now outside, like if they have outdoor eating a patio and his dog friendly all day, all day, don't bring it inside. Don't, don't do that. Don't be that person. That's, that's my one caveat. Thank you. That's, I, I agree with that assessment. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that did strike me, uh, and I think we're still on last week's show, is this was was witty, uh, and I refer to it as gritty witty. He had a day where he was having all kinds of edge. He was taking on people. He was throwing one liners, and he wasn't having any of it. It's the only day that I think I've ever heard him act that way, and I absolutely loved it. I did too. I did too. I remember. I don't remember the specific subject matter but i remember the attitude and uh like he kind of it was like spicy witty or spitty or uh i guess if you disagreed with him you could call him shitty for the day or something um but i loved it i did love it indeed now and i perhaps the reason for that and again i'm glad dan is feeling better uh he was out with covid yep and amin came in and I thought did an excellent job of uh, kind of filling that void. And I also think, again, Witty and the other folks got to assume that larger role. Right. And, I, again, I, I enjoyed the shows. I'm not saying I like it better when Dan's not on. I don't want to go in that direction. But I did think it was a different type of show, and they did a good job of adjusting on the fly because there was no Stugats either. It was chaotic. That's the only thing I can I – can, uh the only word I could come up with after listening to those shows. And I remember at the end of it, I think they named one of the post game episodes like, well, that was a show. I think that was literally the title of it. Uh, Cause they, you could tell they were directionless, but Amin is fantastic in, in that, 
area when you just let him go and he gets to just bounce stuff off of the other shipping container members they they did a fantastic job keeping that together with that yeah. unforeseen circumstance yeah just it's because the amount of shows and reps that Amin's had in in other podcasts like i think he he also likes when he gets to do that on here because it's like he can do what he can do anything like yeah. he has producers and stuff as opposed to he doesn't have to stick to you know the movie podcast or the nba and he can also just go in and out and you know if he wants he know he also knows he can fall back and just talk nba the whole time if yeah. he wants to like he can stretch stretch his legs so I, sure. I think the way i usually put it when talking about guys that i work with as color commentators he had an opportunity to be gravy and not be pepper <laughs> he like cover the, you don't have to look for his shot he was playing a larger role and so he yeah. was able to just go wherever he wanted to and did a great job with that. Uh, Tuesday was interesting with the passing of Hank Goldberg and don't want it just immediately got awkward. It's one of those things that Dan just has the knack for doing. Even when I, I actually think this, I always, I've always bought him hook, line and sinker that he's actually just that way. It almost felt like it was a scripted put on that. He really wanted it to go in that direction. Yeah. Now, granted, there was a lot of material to go in that direction. They pulled some phenomenal audio. And I did like the, the trilogy part about the fact that, you know, there's, I do think there's something about when somebody passes, you know, and everybody talks well about them. Well, not everybody talks well about them. The point was made, I think, was Billy is, you know, in this instance, if you don't have something nice to say about somebody, maybe you just don't say anything at all. Sure. Then let somebody else say something nice. That wasn't the case Tuesday. And they went on uh, a pretty long bit and gave their perspective on it. And it was the level of uncomfortableness and awkwardness that we've come to love uh, when it appears on the show. I thought it was fantastic. I loved, I love hearing them talk about Stugat starting up that radio station. I want to know why that millionaire is in jail um, at this point, like there's, there's little things that they mentioned that I wish they would flesh out at some point and like definitively flesh out. Uh, Dan has hinted to them doing a history of the show from, bef- you know, them both getting into the actual radio business, how those conversations went, who approached who. Uh, I would love to hear how Hawkman left the show, um, and like actual, like, Give us those sides of the story because Howard Stern did this uh, when he went over to Sirius, I believe, or at some point they did a history of the Howard Stern show um, and put out this. It whole was called series. Private Parts. <laughs> Not the movie. Wait, was this called Private Parts as well? The movie was called That's Private Parts. Right, you're messing with me. Shut up. Uh, uh, hey, my my cousin was in it. He was his manager. He's the one he gets pissed off at in the movie. <laughs> wait, really? Yeah, my my uh, third cousin of my okay. mother's. All right, all right. Ends up to... in a few movies. Who's the actor? What's the name? His name's Lee Wilkoff. Okay, okay. I have to look that up. Um, yeah, they did a whole audio history of the Howard Stern show and all the ins and outs and all the like uh, controversies and and parting of ways. And I would love love to hear that and actually get some in depth interviews uh, because the behind the scenes history stuff is just as fascinating to me as any of the on air content. Well, and like you said, the the backstory of Stu Gatz, everybody thinks he's this lovable liar, um, but. 
And he and is. He is. He is. He yeah, is. But there is a side to him that most people don't. He really, again, I think they did a great job of spotlighting it on Tuesday. He's a radio genius and, again, a dreamer and a creative mind that was able to think outside the box and pull something off and win big at it. And it's yeah. um, people that think like that and don't limit themselves and are willing to take big gambles on themselves. I have the utmost respect for, and it is kind of neat to hear that success story. And those backstories are really fun. For sure. For sure. Uh, Let's see what else I got for you here. Uh, I I enjoyed the discussion today. Actually, the one thing I took from that is what would you want people to say about you? We don't, it's kind of an introspective question, but (laughs) you know, we spend so much time today worrying about how we're going to be, you know, of, of labeling people. And, you know, when you lose somebody, you know, the first thing you think about is who does, you know, what do you want people to say about you when you're gone? Sure. Um, anyway, Schweitz, you got a thought on that? Well, I don't know exactly what I want people to say about me, but a discussion that we've had in our house just because um, we've had people with, with you know, health problems and, and whatnot is like, but we've, you know, my mom and I specifically will have, to, you know, we've had discussions for the last 20 years. It's like, okay, what three stories are we telling at their funeral? And, and it just helps us come up with like, what are our three favorite stories about them that are both funny, but also uh, give insight. And then if something happens in their lives that, you know, my dad, for example, I told the story on the great Cody show where he was getting ready for a colonoscopy and didn't understand the prep directions and ended up eating all the suppositories. Yeah. <laughs> and God, so, and I'm so, right. and so then we, oh. we just sort of had a, a list and it's like, okay, that's going in now. So the, you know, this is what's getting bumped out. So um, obviously you want people to speak well of you. I want people to speak honest to me, just have fun, enjoy themselves. But uh, I want people to speak honest of me as long as it's good. Did he throw up nonstop after he ate those suppositories? No, I think he threw up once, but like he ate the whole pack. Uh, it was the joke about, you know, if you take the suppositories, it's all going to come flying out that end. I didn't know if you ate them, if you had them orally. I, and we, my mom was panicked. It was so funny. I wasn't home. I think I was already living here at the time, but yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, So I don't know. I think I just want, uh, I just want to be remembered as being as helpful as possible and being empathetic to people. Um, you know, uh, I feel like we're sorely lacking in that department in many areas. So, uh, if I'm answering sincerely, yeah, I, I would like to be remembered as, as being empathetic to, uh, to, you know, your neighbor's plight. Yep. I just, I'd like to be reminded. I'd just like to be remembered as being somebody that was kind and fair and that people would smile when they think of me. Exactly. No. All right. Enough of that. Uh, that soft stuff. (laughs) <laughs> uh, last thing, I, had, I love the conversation there. Max Scherzer and the AirPods and painting him out to be this great hero for buying all these minor league guys AirPods. What if they own a Galaxy? <laughs> oh, you can still use AirPods on a Galaxy. Oh, you can. Okay. You can. You did can. not know yes, that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I wonder how many of those guys sold them because they already had a pair. Yeah, probably a lot. <laughs> probably a lot. And then lastly, I love the cynical Billy, the evil cat who is in full force, not just today, but yesterday and is just picking his spots and constantly just undermining things, especially Tony, who, again, continues to be that living personification of the city of Miami with all the bravado and confidence that is unearned in the world. I love it. I love it. He was he was uh, great today. Like, he got the conversation thrown to him um, 
after the interview about R. Kelly, uh, where he went toe to toe with the professional music critic yes. about Kendrick Lamar and asked a genuinely good question. I, I don't think Dan understood exactly what Tony was asking about the Kodak Black references. I've listened to this album a few times now. I'm also curious about that. So when Tony asked him, I was like, damn, good job, man. And uh, listened. And then Dan just kept like giving him shit as if he like lost his, you know, like it was a debate. It was just a conversation. Well, Tony went 10 feet deep and I was impressed with the question too. But this guy went 100 feet deep. Yes, he did. And was yes, able to did. go. And so the dive was just deeper. And again, as Tony said, look, the guy's a professional. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 like that's, That conversation went exactly how it should go if you have somebody who is a, uh, you know, a casual music listener talking to a professional music listener. It, it went exactly how it should. Um, uh, what's y'all's relationship with that? Not to get into too heavy of a subject. I think we've touched on it before when it comes to like canceled musicians and stuff, I thought the guy made such a good point and it's how I've come to basically like the struggle that I've had with this, this topic when you find out somebody has done very heinous stuff like R Kelly, R Kelly is in so many moments of my childhood, right? Like the, the number of times I've seen space jam is, is absurd. Um, these these music is unique in that it is a passive thing. Soundtracks are a passive thing. They're, you know, we have soundtracks to our lives, moments in our lives where music is playing. This art is being consumed over top of something that you were going to remember doing. And the audio is going to accompany that. You can't really do that with movies, right? You're all like the act of watching a movie is what you're doing when you consume that art. So if like if if an actor turns out to be like a huge piece of shit, obviously I'm going to remember the movie, but it's not like a pivotal moment in my life where I was walking across the graduation stage, you know, platform to get my diploma and this movie is playing on a screen behind me. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, the the you meet your your wife maybe you're on a first date with your wife and and that movie is what you went to see there are ways to do it but similar with like books or other arts music is like there is a soundtrack to our lives if you are a fan of music so you can't separate that that's not how the brain works so i thought it was really poignant how he put uh he listed those specific r kelly songs that were like exactly the exactly the moments like whether it's a barbecue with your family and stuff or watching space jam or watching your kid graduate and and i believe i can fly is playing um what what are y'all's thoughts on that I'm not a huge R. Kelly fan. I mean, I recognize the music. I've known for a, I mean, I've known and I've believed for a while. You know, unfortunately, the Levitard show for years has been spotlighting and, and putting people onto this. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so I, I've always believed it, bought it hook, line, and sinker. There was a documentary that I had watched that, again, the graphic stuff about urinating into it just... I think on Lifetime, right? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was terrible. And again, I've always found no reason to not believe it and was rather put off by the fact that nothing had really been done about it. Um, Michael Jackson plays occasionally on our, the radio station that I manage. It's a, it's a music service. I would just assume never hear another Michael Jackson song the rest of my life, but I kind of fall into the Mike Ryan category of 
you know, Prince, I'll still, <laughs> I still listen to Prince a good bit and Prince had his issues as well. Right. Right. So it, again, try like you might, you're going to be hypocritical in some areas, but I do think R. Kelly relative to anything else that's been out there or him and Michael Jackson, really, I mean, are the two most egregious, uh, again, unless you want to go to the point that was made today about Elvis meeting Priscilla when she was 14. Yeah. Yeah. I think even younger, maybe, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and Jerry Lee Lewis, um, you know, uh, I kept it in the family though. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah, like all of those, if you scratch any of these old musicians' surfaces, you're going to get a wealth of uh, truly awful stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's it's impossible to separate those moments of your lives from the music that you were consuming and not knowing. And why? how could you know? And particularly people our age, you know, people now a lot of times get uh, face retribution if they do or, or get canceled, so to speak, instantaneously, like right after it happens. But back then, you know, when we were listening to music and stuff coming up, it we had to wait for the internet to come out so that this information could actually be uh, dispersed. And so that's why there's so many older musicians that are constantly getting brought up in this conversation. Rightfully so. They should face the, the you know, no pun intended, face the music for the things that they did back then. Um, so, yeah, it, it is it is just a, a struggling thing. And, and I think Mike has, has mentioned this before. I just don't, cons- like, I don't seek out their music anymore like that music is is ingrained and, and burned into my head and i just try not to contribute to any kind of uh, monetary gain from them similar to i don't rent Kev- kevin spacey movies or seek them out to stream i'm not going to uh stream on purpose michael jackson or r kelly if i hear it over an intercom or something like that or or at you know house music playing at a, a concert in between sets or something there's nothing i can do about it and i'll sing along you know it's it's not an endorsement of anybody's actions Schweitzer, what were you gonna say i was gonna say yeah my my feelings are similar i can um separate the art from the artist quite a bit especially you know i've had many years to think about this and and whatnot i you know Generally, if it's just me and my wife and we're listening to music and we're just listening to a mix and something comes on, fine. Like, we both understand the context, but we don't, you know, search it out. We don't try to right. contribute to their estates making any revenue off it. We we try to keep it in context. Like, yeah, I'm going to still watch Seven from time to time because it's a, it's a really good movie. And I'm going to understand the end and... I, I you know I know about Kevin Spacey's career now, right? Which right. which is interesting because the first time I remembered somebody being canceled and that affecting a movie was when was Dodgeball, actually was uh, because of before all the Me Too stuff we had Lance Armstrong, very different thing. Oh yeah, not, not yeah, you know right. this is this is just somebody cheating at sports, not right. not nearly as uh, as severe. But I remember like as soon as that happened, I remember looking at one of my friends and saying. Man, they're never going to show dodgeball on TV anymore, are they? Like that was that was my my initial reaction. That was your takeaway from the Lance Armstrong controversy. Yeah, I, don't really, I don't care. Cheat at the cycling. I don't no, care. I love that. That's a that's an amazing but response. Like, but that that was my. I reaction. can never watch dodgeball again, you guys. Well, it's like no, I just no, I was going to watch it. I just knew they weren't going to show it on TV anymore. Oh man, they show that movie all the time now. 
I, I think they but, they... but they took it off initially. Wait, really? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think... Dodgeball think... because of the one scene in the... What, like the... They... Yeah, I remember the... I thought they did. Anyway, in the casino or, or the bathroom or something to. where Lance Armstrong recognizes Vince Vaughn and it has like two so lines. It's I so mean, the, silly. The, the other really great one, I watched uh, one of the Naked Gun movies recently and obviously just OJ being a cop in, in those movies is is just... It's really funny now, right. just because it's OJ. <laughs> well, did you bring up a good point with Kevin Spacey? Because again, he's one of my my wife's favorites and one of my favorites. Right. And you know, to me, the Kaiser so say you know Usual Suspects is one of the most phenomenal endings to a movie and a sure, brilliant sure. performance. Spoiler alert. Seven, yeah, sorry. Seven uh, is as Schweitz mentioned is phenomenal. Double doubly on Usual Suspects because Brian Singer also yeah. terrible person by all accounts. Yeah. So uh, again, it's separating <laughs> the art from the artist, but again, visually, having to see him on screen, you just I, I have a hard time enjoying it because yeah, of, of knowing what he's reportedly done. He's never been convicted, but I think. There's pretty overwhelming evidence, and well, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, I think we've got that one in the bag, gentlemen. Um, I know Schweitz wanted to talk you, about. You, uh, it's okay, we'll cover that. No, I, no, I want to talk about this. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I apologize, Schweitz. Go ahead. What do you got? Oh, uh, I uh, wanted to bring up uh, Chris Broussard's comments uh, regarding and. NBA free agency. So NBA free agency obviously has uh, has been chaos and a blast and Kevin Durant leaving. Um, Chris Broussard was on uh, Nick Wright's show and talking about how uh, pre-Masai Ujiri that uh, African-Americans didn't like Toronto. And this is just such a strange, weird take because he made it sound like Toronto is really racist or it could be sort of construed that way. But what I think he was trying to say is people don't want to come to Canada. <laughs> I, I think that's what he was hinting at. I saw this clip as well. And you can see Nick Wright's face when he says it of like very, huh? Like very confused. Um, and if it, it feels like what happened is Chris Broussard had a bad experience one time in a Canadian city and then just attributed that experience or, or, uh, uh, what word am I searching for? Extrapolated that experience onto the entire population of Canada. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's going like, on. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that Toronto's problem you know it's not problematic like it has its issues with obviously like, every place does every I don't, place I don't, does like, but it's just like compared to every nba market like yeah yeah i don't you know i'm boston yeah. has a much bigger reputation of being <laughs> racist than but obviously but boston's like, had its the, issues the, salt lake city i mean it, it, literally everybody everywhere, if everywhere. you're if you're a uh, a black person or a person of color on this continent yes there's going to be issues it was very strange to single out that city though yeah, and saying and also saying pre Masai Masai has been here for ten years and like does all this work with like the African community specifically. Like yeah, he does all yeah. like it was just it was just a really strange. Maybe he was uh, talking about uh, the way that Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady left the Raptors. Like, left, but again, they left because right. I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that there's any any 
truth or any any value in that, but maybe he's attributing something that I haven't heard before. Maybe maybe, maybe it was duck pin bowling or milk in a bag. I don't know. <laughs> um, he did. I did like Nick Nick Wright's face though. He he reminded me a little bit of the late Fred Gwynn, who was the judge and no and my cousin Vinny, as uh, Joe Pesci started trying to make arguments, he was just kind of he had that look Mute. on his face. <laughs> he just was had this puzzled look on in what direction are you going with this? Yeah, yeah. And pretty certain he knew what direction, but wasn't really happy that it was where it was going to end up. I I also get that he might have just been making content to make content and just sort of word salad, but it was I was just I thought that was. Very, very strange. I, I also think the most poignant thing that was shared in our group chat was that uh, Ant, who unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight, said, well, wouldn't they be called African-Canadians and not African-Americans? <laughs> I so, think, to, to be fair to Chris Broussard, I think he was talking about African-American uh, basketball players going to Canada. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, I, I don't I don't know what the nomenclature is there. And I'm not the, going to the, weigh in on that because the, the I don't want to get canceled. I'm just saying the nomenclature here is the community will refer to themselves as black. Gotcha. Okay. That's good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, uh, three uh, uh, Midwestern to Southern white guys um, discussing the experiences of people of color in Canada. Um, I'm an immigrant, okay? That's true. That is true. You are you are a, uh international tra- uh, resident. And somebody point. thought I was black once. <laughs> Okay, we're going to end it on that note. Um, I'm not taking any of this audio out, so uh, you, you're going to have to sit with that. Um, Shout out to Josh. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Josh um, uh, did think that from your thumbnail. Um, okay, all right. That's an awkward place to land. Um, Schweitz, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Jort Center. You cannot stop it. All right, Mayor, where can we find you? You can find me at Santini Matt in the lovely city of Cartersville, Georgia. Excellent, excellent. And you can find me at... at 90S underscore baseball underscore. And that is a new account that I followed today called Random 90s Baseball Guys. Um, and they just tweet out a random 90s baseball player. Today was um, Preston Wilson. Yes. Uh, so far, we've got uh, Preston Wilson, we've got Mike Henneman, and we've got Terry Mulholland. Uh, so excellent choices so far. Um, so go follow that account. Again, it's at 90s underscore baseball underscore um gonna have to have a talk with a guy that runs this account and uh tighten up that handle come up with something a little more clever because that's going to be hard for people to find unless they're being told exactly where to find it um but anyway uh go follow that account it's gonna be huge i I just know it um you can also find me at wapple house on twitter w-a-p-p-l-e-h-o-u-s-e uh you can follow the show at lower after hours on twitter and instagram we as always very much appreciate you listening hopefully the next time you hear my voice isn't six months from now um they'll actually call on me before then um but until then thanks for listening